Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Just my luck. It's 9 o'clock Tuesday night, February 5th, the State of the Union. As I'm talking to you, Donald Trump is walking down that aisle now with everyone cheering him, whether they like him or not. Uh, I appreciate that many of you will not be listening. Uh, The competition is too good tonight. I would be listening to the president and the State of the Union if I were you also. But I'm going to share an interesting point with you. Uh, This show is archived. Immediately at 9.30, when I conclude this show tonight, it is archived. Eighty percent of the people who listen to my show, and the number gets bigger every week, listen to it during the week following my show, on a day following my show, at a time that is convenient to that person, whether they're sitting home, having a drink, uh, reading the newspaper, playing with the kids, chatting with the wife, they listen to it. 80% of those who listen, such as yourselves, will listen during the course of the week. So I'm assuming that that same number, if not a little more, will continue with this show. So really, uh, no one here is missing anything, and I'm still reaching uh, those of you I wish, wish to reach. So the State of the Union is going to be interesting. Uh, I watched the last hour of the preliminaries. All those new congresswomen <laughs> dressed in white. What a spectacle for the president to view when he stands up there for the first few moments. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be any interruptions of his speech. You recall once uh, when Obama was speaking, I think his first year, uh, a Republican called him a liar, stood up and shouted a liar. Obama, I forget forget what he said, but he handled the matter with class. Uh, They fear, the broadcasters have been saying all day, they fear there are going to be occurrences like this tonight. Uh, These ladies in the House, the new young ones, they're full of vim and vigor, and uh, would be prone to say what they're thinking if they don't agree. It's a new world, my friends. Uh, The millennials are coming in. The young people are coming in to government, and it's absolutely proper. It's the best thing that could happen to our country. It's time for our government to begin changing hands from the old to the young, because many of the people in Congress, whether it's the House or the Senate, are old. They're not getting the flavor, the thoughts of the young people. It's their time, so now the blending has to occur. It doesn't take place automatically, but over the next five to ten years, there's going to be a turnover, and the people will be much younger who are going into Congress, and I think it's good and healthy. So now having said all that, let me move on to my show tonight. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of Mort Saul. Uh, Mort Saul is a comedian. He is a social uh, steerist, steerist, that's what he's described as. He is probably the most recent, the only satirist, satirist is the word, I apologize, satirist, since uh, Will Rogers, a stand-up comedian way back when in the 30s and I think into the 40s, who would stand up and he would joke, uh, and he would take, he would joke about government and governmental people in a nice way, and but showing, making an ass out of them where they deserve to be made an ass of. 
and Mortzal does the same thing. And the reason I'm talking about him tonight, because I listened to him recently, and he, he had a very interesting sentence in his dialogue, in his presentation for the evening, and it concerned Donald Trump. And he said, I quote, I said he was hospitalized for an attack of modesty. Regarding Trump, he said, I said he was hospitalized for an attack of modesty. And that is very true. Donald is never modest. Our president's never modest. So if he is modest or was modest, he has to be sick. Uh, That might happen tonight, but I doubt it also. So I said he was hospitalized for an attack of modesty. So true. Uh, Let's move on now to Senator Kamala Harris of California. Senator Kamala Harris of California. Now, she's a Democrat. Uh, she is has already announced her candidacy for the nomination uh, to be the Democratic candidate for President of the United States in 2020. The fact that I'm going to be speaking about her briefly here tonight does not mean I support her. I don't know who I'm going to support. I don't know who I'm going to like best uh, by the time the primary we're into the primary season but it isn't her yet and maybe her i don't know she impresses me but they all impress me so far uh, but this is the type of woman she is and i want to share with you something she recently said regarding gun control it shows her state of mind uh, she came up with what i would describe as an extreme idea how to get gun control legislation passed. You recall in 2012, Sandy Hook, 20 children, six to seven years of age, were killed. Someone went in, shot up the rooms, and 20 kids were killed, six or seven years old. Sad. Makes your eyes, you get a tear in your eye or two. Now, she says, here's the solution. If you want Congress to pass Uh, gun control legislation, what you have to do is take every member of Congress, require that member to go in a room alone, lock the door, no press, nobody else, and force that person to look at autopsy photos of the 20 children, to look at autopsy photos of the 20 children. She apparently did. And then to vote their conscience. That's wisdom. I want to talk about Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, not the new Mary Poppins with what's her name? Blunt, Emily Blunt is the return of Mary Poppins. I saw it, by the way, when it first came out the first week. I thought it was worthy of Academy Award. Uh, they didn't even get many nominations. They forget getting an Academy Award. Uh, but I'm talking about Mary Poppins 1964. Julie Andrews, 1964. Dick Van Dyke, Mary Poppins, 1964. Here's the story. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mary Poppins and racism because in the last few days, Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews, was accused of being a racist because of something that happened during the movie Mary Poppins in 1964. Mary Poppins at the time in the movie was playing a chimney sweep. And she had just come up out of the chimney. She was on a rooftop. She was with two children and Dick Van Dyke. 
and they were dancing away uh, to some tune on the rooftop and singing. And because she was a chimney sweep, she cleaned chimneys. They have to go up through the chimney. When she came out, she had black soot marks on her face, not completely covering it, but all over her face and forehead. She had black soot, soot, soot marks, um, which you would expect from a chimney sweep. While she's dancing, instead of wiping them off, she powdered her nose and her cheeks and made them blacker. In other words, she took the soot and she spread it around to make her face blacker. Not totally black, but it was blacker. And that must have been part of the routine they had decided on. Well, there is a professor. His name is Daniel Pollock Relzener, R-E-L-Z-N-E-R. He's from the distinguished institution Linfield College. He is a professor of literature at Linfield College. He said this past week that Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews, should be considered a racist because she had a blackened, you know, we're, we're into this situation now. We've been into it now for several years, and properly so, where the black face is no, it's no good. It's yesterday. It's yesterday. Way back. Shouldn't have been done yesterday. Will not be tolerated today. Everyone understands it. Everyone, most everyone understands the implications involved and how offensive a person of color might consider a black face, a blackened face. But how far do we go? Uh, do we do we say that everyone that might have had their face blackened for whatever reason is a racist? I cannot conceive that Mary Poppins was a racist. I can't conceive that Julie Andrews was a, a racist because of this. Uh, and I think this professor, Rosner, Pollock Rosner, was off base, and he went a step too far. And I think sometimes with these things, racism, sexism too, that guy touched my butt or he grabbed my boobs. We go a step too far in deciding these things and what the, public, the punishment or implication should be. Anyhow, I don't see Mary Poppins as a racist. Some of you may, but this, again, I think is a step too far. Now, Groundhog Day. You're going to love this story about Groundhog Day. Uh, let me give you a little historical background on Groundhog Day. By the way, Groundhog Day is February 2nd every year. And for, this is February 5th. Three days ago was Groundhog Day. Uh, and this began, Groundhog Day began in 1887 at Garber's Knob. Garber's Knob in, love this name, I hope I pronounce it correctly, Pun Zut. Oni, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. If I didn't pronounce it correctly, I'm going to spell it for you so you can appreciate the difficulty. P U N X S U T A W N E Y. Anyone who can spell it perfectly the first time around, I, I really respect and admire. Anyhow, in this town of Pennsylvania, they decided we're going to have a groundhog day. And by the way, a groundhog is a woodchuck. I don't know groundhogs, but I know woodchucks because I come from a community, Utica, New York, which was in the foothill to the Adirondacks, and we had woodchucks all over the place in the Adirondacks. Now, why? And it's true. The groundhog used to come out of the ground sometime in early February. 
they must set this thing up now so he comes out on February 2nd every year. But sometime early February, the groundhog will, will come out. A lot of groundhogs will come out of their holes. Because several months before, they had, in the late fall, they had gone into, they had dug a hole, burrowed a hole, and went into it and went to sleep. They went into hibernation. And while they were in hibernation, their body temperature dropped dramatically. Their heartbeat slowed down from 80 to 5 beats per minute. They were really out of it. Now, in February, the male wakes up, and he comes out of the burrow, not necessarily February 2nd again, and he looks around. He isn't looking to see if he can see a shadow. Uh, that's a story that's been concocted and which it's nice to believe, but that isn't why he comes out to see if he can see a shadow. And if he sees it, he stays out. But if he doesn't see it, he goes back in his hole for another six weeks. The true story is the male emerges from the burrow, from the hole. He's looking for a mate. He's gone a long time. So, so help me God. This is why he wants to have sex. It's not to protect, to predict the weather. And whether he finds a female groundhog or not, he does go back into the hole because he's still got several more weeks to hibernate. Sometime in March, he will come out of the ground. But the whole purpose of him coming out is sex, not to predict the weather. And this is, there's another story that sort of parallels this. I spoke about this oh, several years ago. I wrote about it also. Uh, the rooster and the hen. Now, you know, we hear cock-a-doodle-doo, the hen goes. And the hen, most people think, just does this in the morning at 5 o'clock to wake people up. But if you live in Key West, where we have chickens all over the streets, I don't know how many hundreds we have running around there, uh, the hen is always going cock-a-doodle-doo. And the whole purpose, another true story, my friends, the hen goes cock-a-doodle-doo because he wants to have sex and he sees a female. And the female, the hen, she looks at him when he goes cock-a-doodle-doo and she turns around and she runs like hell in the opposite direction. That's the way it happens every time the hen, the rooster rather, goes cock-a-doodle-doo. She sees him, she says, not me, man, and she takes off. And that's why the and the rooster goes cock-a-doodle-doo. Same thing with the uh, groundhog here. He wants to have sex. He's looking for his little lady. Okay, Facebook. You recall last year, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of uh, Facebook, was before Congress several times. Facebook has security problems. Our information, people's information is getting out. It shouldn't be getting out. Uh, he seems to be selling it or has some kind of deal going here and there. And the government was on his back. And they wanted him to take more. They, want, they wanted Zuckerberg to initiate steps which would prevent the information, secret information of each of us, from getting out of Facebook. They wanted him to increase the security of our accounts. And he said, you know, I'll do something, I'll try, but this is going to kill my business. You don't know how expensive it will be, okay? Very simple. You will not know, you don't understand how expensive it would be. Uh, it's going to kill us. Well, I want to tell you something. He did do some things. He didn't do anywhere near what he should have done, but he did do something. And those things that he did didn't bother him, bother Facebook too much. He announced this past week 
that Facebook, <laughs> where do you hear this, posted a record $6.8 billion in profits, the most ever that the company made in profits in one year, $6.8 billion. Which now brings me to General Motors. Interesting story about General Motors. Yesterday, General Motors began laying off 4,250 salary workers in North America. They said that last week they announced they were going to start yesterday, and during the course of this year they would lay off a total of 4,250 salary workers from North American facilities. They also announced that as part of their, this is all part of a restructuring, because they've decided this, General Motors has decided that the way cars are made is going to change and has been changing. It's going to change dramatically now, and they're going to be in the forefront. They're going to electric cars. Now, to go to electric cars, you've got to change everything, you, you know, your line and everything else, all new equipment and so forth. Very expensive, but they're going to do it. And also, they're going to use more robots. And the more, I've been talking about this for, what, three years now, the more robots you have, the less human beings you need as employees, the cheaper it is for a company to run. Well, because they are going to be restructuring, they are going to get rid of more than 4,250 salary workers in North America. That General Motors also announced they are closing this year five plants and are going to eliminate 50. 15,000 jobs worldwide, an additional 15,000 jobs worldwide. Isn't that amazing? And I want you to know that General Motors, like Facebook, didn't get hurt last year in 2017. They announced record profits, General Motors did, for the year 2017. Amazing, isn't it? Now, why, besides the reasons I've already shared with you, is this happening? Well, there's a war going on within General Motors between the union and the non-union people. Uh, General Motors is a, a an organization, a corporation that has non-people who don't, didn't want to join the union. And apparently, General Motors can deal with the union hierarchy, the officers of the union. They can work with the union. But they're having difficulty working with the non-union people. The non-union people, too, by the way, have organized. But they're hard-assed and hard-headed, apparently. And management is having a hard time working with the non-union people. So the non-union people are yelling and screaming that the purpose of this, one, one of the primary reasons why this restructuring is going on also, is they're going to get rid of the non-union people and only keep the union people. Let's talk about climate change. Oh, ho, ho, climate change. We're going to the Antarctica. Antarctica. There is a glacier. It's called Thwaites. Again, I hope I pronounce it correctly. Thwaites. T-H-W-A-I-T-E-S. Thwaites. Uh, been there a long time. Big glacier. Big, big glacier. And... The authorities, the experts, the scientists say, by the way, the scientists that I'm going to be referring to as part of this report are all NASA scientists, reputable people. They say that Thwaites, the glacier, is already responsible for 4% of the world's raising sea levels because it has been melting, all right? The, The glacier is unstable, 
It's melting too fast, they said. Now they've discovered there's a reason for it melting faster than they had anticipated. There's a hole in the middle of the glacier. There is a cavity, an enormous underwater cavity, right in the middle of the glacier underwater. Uh, And what happens is this. The water, because of climate change, is overheated today. Our waters run too hot. We know this in Key West. It's affecting everything we do down here because the water's warmer every year and we have problems. Uh, the ocean water. And the ocean water is warm and this accelerates. This accelerates uh, the melting of the iceberg. And where this cavity is concerned, it, it accelerates that area within the cavity faster than it does outside of the glacier. And let's talk about big for a moment. The the glacier itself is the size of two-thirds of the state of Florida. The size of two-thirds of the state of Florida. It is 1,000 feet tall. The cavity inside is the size of Manhattan. Big cavity. Big glacier. Big cavity. Uh, Now... The NASA scientists predict that because of that cavity, (laughs) which is melting, causing the inside of the glacier to melt faster and increasing the water, therefore, that's moving up there to wherever we are, uh, that 14 billion tons of ice will melt. 14 billion tons of ice will melt in the next three years. Now, that sounds like a lot of ice to me. What that equates in water, I could not determine. But it did say... The melted ice over the next three years, not over the next three years, but the melted ice because of that cavity in the glacier itself will raise, and they're not sure when, but sooner than later, will raise the world's oceans over two feet everywhere, which means that oceanfront properties are going to get wiped out here in Key West and all over the world. We're at sea level now here in Key West. That's what we are. We have been. But the water's rising every year. You can see it. And it takes a little bit of the shoreline every year. But two feet's going to come right in. And the commercial properties and the residential homes on the beaches, et cetera, they're going to be gone whenever this happens. Another projection I think I read was 50 years. But whatever. And, again, it's climate change because of the water overheating. And the cavity, therefore, melts faster. Interesting, isn't it? I want to talk. I want to be like Donald Trump. I want to talk about the wall. (laughs) The wall. I want to talk about the tunnels that get dug under the wall. Uh, This is terrific, what I'm going to share with you now. We, uh, the tunnels, let's see. Everyone says, not everyone. Trump says you got to build the wall. you got to be tall. Uh, He doesn't seem to respond to people dig tunnels under these walls. The Border Patrol has been saying people dig tunnels to get through. Uh, People have ladders. No matter how tall you make the wall, they have ladders that are bigger. And this uh, barbed wire they're putting across the tops now, whatever they have, ain't going to be worth diddly dip. They won't do anything because man's ingenuity will determine a way to get over the barbed wire. Well, let's talk about this tunnel. A new tunnel was found recently uh, between the United States and Mexican border. And the tunnel they found, it wasn't finished yet, was 60 feet in length, 60 feet in length so far. 
Uh, it was under a border wall built 10 years ago. Now, it was deep enough. The tunnel itself was deep enough under the wall to really not be found. It's just accidental it was found. They, they started building the wall away from the border itself and started building it at the base of a hill and went through the bottom of the hill to go under the wall. Uh, smart. And the opening itself, I saw a picture of it, was a beautifully formed piece of concrete. I mean, they did this it's smart. This is smarts that built this wall. Concrete with an opening maybe 8 or 10 by 6 or 8. And it was covered with foliage. Somehow somebody found it. When it's 60% complete or long, I don't know if that means complete, and to show you the beauty of the wall, not just the opening, it was fortified by four by fours, had plywood on top and on the sides, and it had railroad rails, not as wide as a railroad train, not as big, but they were there. There were rails like a miniature railroad rail to move people and goods through and swiftly. Mm. This thing is built so well that the Border Patrol just can't block it off or dig a few holes and it'll collapse. They can't get it down. They have decided they are going to place explosives within the tunnel itself and then demolish it by blowing the thing up or blowing the thing down. Brilliant, isn't it? Now, with people making tunnels like this to help people get through, uh, what good are the walls? I believe that we've got to go to more scientific ways of doing it. I mean, we've got these drones flying. We should have flying all over the place. Increase the number of border uh, patrol personnel, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Do the modern things today. Uh, the Chinese built a wall, and it didn't do them any good even though it's still standing. Uh, you just got to do it today's way. Trump is stuck on the wall because he promised it to his people. The story is during the campaign, his people could not get him to remember everything he should say during a speech. They had to give him some quickies to remember. And one thing was he was going to build the wall, and who was going to pay for the wall? Mexico. And he did this all the time because his Mental capacity, and I'm not knocking him, but this is true. His mental capacity was limited in recalling things to say. So now he's stuck with the wall. Mexico isn't going to pay. He never brings that up anymore. And he wants us to pay for a wall that's useless and not needed. All right? And for which there are not even plans drawn yet. So that's the story on the tunnels. But i got a little more to share with you on the tunnels. This is real cool. Public citizens, private people want to help raise money to help the tunnels and not to help the tunnels. And they're using GoFundMe. Yes, GoFundMe to raise money. There is a gentleman by the name of Rigo, Rigo, R-I-G-O Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. He's the creator of, and I quote, uh, let's see, uh, GoFundMe, GoFundMe, GoFundMe. GoFundMe, I can't read my notes, uh, GoFundMe, oh, Jesus, GoFundMe shovel, mental problem too, I apologize, GoFundMe shovels. He wants to buy enough shovels 
so they can build tunnels. People can build tunnels. He anticipates he needs $150 million. Don't laugh. He's already raised $4.5 million. He knows he won't make the 150, but he plans on giving the money, donating it to the American Civil Liberties Union, who is defending immigrant families that have been disrupted. Then there's somebody else that wants to raise money for ladders for people to go over the wall. And that's called Ladders to Get Over, Trump's Wall, GoFundMe. They've only raised 156000 Then you have the opposition. GoFundMe, those who want the wall, Trump's wall. They're called We the People Will Fund the Wall. And they raised in three days $4 million. Well, that's the show for tonight. That's the story for tonight. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I, oh, oh, before I forget, I'm forgetting everything. I want to wish you a Happy New Year. This is the Chinese New Year today. It's the year of the pig, the earth pig. It's the number one uh, animal in the zodiac calendar. If you were born in certain years, you will be curious, charismatic, intelligent, stubborn, selfish, socially, and professionally. Happy New Year, my friends. Hope you enjoyed. Come back and join me again next week.